Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast comes from Frito Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's up, buds? Welcome back to Japers Drink Radio. I am your host, Adam Stringham, and today I'm happy to be joined by Alex Irvin. How are you doing, Alex? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing well, thanks. Um, you know, we had Greg on for his first episode last week, and now I'm fortunate enough to have you on tonight for your first. So uh, thanks a lot for joining me. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, and I mean, today, you know, because of scheduling, we actually have to record a podcast prior to the Capitals Maple Leafs game. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday. So uh, I just hope our listeners kind of keep that in mind because, for all we know, the Capitals could, uh, you know, actually play a full, so- solid 60 minute game today. So, uh, wow, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be really mixing it up. Um, and, <laughs> you know, I, I guess I, one thing I want to kind of start with is something that Greg and I talked about last week and that's kind of the Capitals continued struggles. I mean, obviously they uh, still haven't won a game since we last did an episode, um, but they came very, very close against San Jose last night. Um, what, what are your kind of first thoughts on, on the, on the streak? Um, I'm going to, you know, the losing streak rather. <laughs> and um, kind of what do you think's kind of lacking right now? I mean, is it like a culture heart thing or, or is this just bad luck or what's your take? I, so I think it was interesting listening to what some of the players were saying after last night's game against San Jose. They all made it very clear that it was an effort issue. And I think acknowledging that is a good thing. But I'm not sure, you know, it's been, what, six games. If they're only just realizing that it's an effort issue, I think that's a bit of a problem. Um, if it took six games to realize that, then I'm not sure what else is going on there. Yeah. I mean, it, it's really, it, it's, it's a bit of a conundrum, right? Because 
um, in my mind, players are always like hockey players don't believe in luck, right? Or, or I mean, they're superstitious, but they don't, when they talk about why a game, like why the outcome was a certain way, they're not going to say it was because of luck or bad goal. You know, they're, they're not going to throw it on the goalie or, th- you know, unless right. they're Adam Oates complaining about Alex Ovechkin's back check. Generally, no one's going to kind of <laughs> go in and, and, and snipe at each other. And, um, you know, I think it's interesting that the players are talking about a lot about kind of grit and toughness or culture or whatever. And I know Todd Reardon spoke a lot following the San Jose game about kind of the, the culture uh, issues of accountability or something along that, that regards. Um, but kind of like my, my recent take is that the Capitals are actually kind of coming out of this slump. They've actually, mm-hmm. they put together, uh, you know, some solid efforts. I thought they actually, you know, they were watchable against San Jose um, and portions of the Chicago game. Um, and, and honestly, I thought that, you know, while they obviously the defense has been bad, uh, Brayden Holpe hasn't really bailed them out, them out very much. He, he's, um, been kind of saving less goals than expected using kind of goals saved above average, the, the statistics. So, um, I, I think it's kind of, things are going to start to come together here for the Capitals. Uh, unfortunately now they've only got one shot to put them together before <laughs> the break. And I think, so I, I think this, this Maple Leafs game is going to be pretty important. Yeah. And I also think part of it now is clearly they're getting frustrated and then, you know, they're like forcing plays that aren't there and they're trying to do too much and that leads to too many mistakes. And, and I also, I know that, you know, they don't believe in luck and the outcome of a game, but I don't think they've had a ton of puck luck lately and yeah they need to create better like more good chances but it seems like the good ones they are creating are just a little wide or they hit the post or the goalie makes an incredible save you know the the nobody goalie in net makes an incredible save so I can also understand how that kind of drags morale down um, when you feel like you're trying and trying and nothing is happening and you know it doesn't always look like they're trying and trying on the ice. They kind of come in and out of that. Um, but I can, I can also get how it's frustrating. Yeah. You know, uh, you, you mentioned puck luck and I, and I think a little bit about kind of the, um, the plays in overtime in the San Jose game. I felt like the Capitals had three or four really solid chances right in a row to start the overtime. Uh, Kuznetsov had a couple, Tom Wilson had, um, one defender between him and the game-winning goal. You know, um, goalie was way out of position. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was just the shot got blocked, and that, that's kind of how, how the game's been going for them. I mean, if if the the puck across um, leading to to Vander Kane's goal with a second left doesn't get deflected, I believe by Hurdle, uh, it's not going to land on Kane's stick, and and San Jose is not going to tie the game. So, um, you know, all, all those things are. Are true, but I, I, I. But I mean, it's just it would be really unfortunate if the team's kind of not able to get a win before heading into this really extended time off that they have with their with the All Star break being consecutive with their bye week. Oh yeah, no, I I agree. I think I think they need a win tonight, and Toronto needs a win too. They're not looking so good, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, last night, you know, it was. Caps aren't doing well. San Jose isn't doing well. Which team is going to come out of it with a win? And I think tonight is kind of the a similar story. Now, yeah, for sure it is. What do you kind of think about Todd Reardon and, and 
you know, he's he's a rookie head coach. Um, obviously, was a big part of the team last year um, as the associate head coach, I believe, for for Barry Trotz. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just kind of you know, I don't know what the dynamics were last year, but you know, I I I thought Todd would come in and not that he's struggled. I mean, I I don't think he's been bad, but. I, it seems like the, the fan base is starting to get a little concerned that Todd could perhaps be be part of the problem, and that this current skid wouldn't have happened if Barry Trotz was still the head coach. Um, you know, knowing what we know now, obviously with kind of how the discussions went and everything, do do you think that kind of Barry Trot Barry Trotz coached Capitals team would be having this struggle? I think that. A decline in December and January was kind of inevitable. Um, but I think what might be different when you look at if Trotz was coaching or with Reardon's coaching, I think the way that it's happening might be what the difference is. Like, I think Reardon came out this season and they start, like, the whole team started really strong you know, for most of the first half and, and you have all that success. And I think coming into a skid like this, if you've never been a coach before, you've never been in charge behind that bench. Then I think trying to figure out how to pull your team out of that when you haven't been the one to do it before, I think that's hard. And that's not Reardon's fault. Um, and so I don't know, it feels like, um, I, you know, part of it just comes with experience. I don't yeah. think he has that yet. And yeah. No, no, definitely. I mean, he he's coming in in a bit of a tough time. I mean, you, you like to say it's not hard to come in uh, on a team that kind of just won the Stanley Cup. But I imagine kind of keeping the team motivated is pretty difficult. Um but to be honest, there were times when Barry Trotz was head coach that I didn't think the Capitals looked particularly motivated. Uh, I mean, Barry Trotz almost got fired multiple times last year because of how oh, lackluster yeah. the Capitals looked. Um, you know, I, I think it's easy right now to kind of look back and, and you know, say that Barry Trotz would have the team in a better spot uh, because of how things are going with the Islanders. Uh, the Islanders obviously are in first place in the Metropolitan Division uh, with a team that really on paper sucks. I mean, that that is not yeah. – that roster is not impressive uh, kind of once you get past, you know, Barzell, right? I mean, that, that that's basically yep. it. Um, so I, I really do think that it's kind of it, – it, it's tough because Trost did a lot of good things, but, you know – it. I'm not sure he could have replicated it here in Washington because I, I, I'm not sure his message hadn't gotten a little stale. And as I kind of said before, I mean, I've got no idea what the locker room dynamics were kind of heading down the stretch into the playoffs last year. So, um, you know, I'm as weird as it is, Trust might have left at the best time for him and the team. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Todd might just need a Todd Reardon might just need a little bit more time to kind of get it together. Um, and, and if not, you know, then it doesn't work out, but, um, I, I think even with trots, they would have had this lapse. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's too early to be, you know, calling for a replacement or mm-hmm. saying that Reardon was a mistake. And, you know, I don't, it's, it's been half a season and there was going to be a slump anyway. So 
Yeah, at some point there was definitely going to be a slump. Um, I mean, it's just it's just what happens. Greg had a good point. I don't think we've anyone looked into it yet about kind of when when do teams after they win the Stanley Cup typically slump? So, um, yeah, if any of our listeners out there put that together, then uh, <laughs> let us know. But um, you know, I, I think you know we talked about Todd. Let's talk a little bit about the players. Um, kind of, l- let's start with with the positives. Um, you know, who would you say have been kind of the Capitals' best players in this first half? Uh, I mean, I think, you know, an obvious choice is, is Ovechkin. Um, but Vrana and Wilson, I think, have also really stepped up. And both of them have been a bit quiet as of late, you know, mm. as has everyone. Uh, but I think, and Vrana especially, I have been super impressed with. Um, I think he is kind of stepping into the role that the the organization and the fans all hoped he would. Um, and he is, I think, kind of coming into his own as a hockey player, which is really great to see. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, I have been um, really, really impressed with Verona all year. I mean, his speed is just incredible, and he continuously uh, creates offensive opportunities. And, and frankly, he's been probably the guy I've been most excited to watch on the ice over these last few weeks. I mean, he, he's still trying to do things with the puck and make plays kind of despite what's going on around him. Um, as you said, I mean, Ovi's always going to be, um, be, be great. You know, you'd like to think, um, and I've also kind of been happy. I mean, John Carlson's kind of had like a ho-hum amazing season. Um, if if you're, if you're a believer in like kind of the, um, kind of hockey war or expected goals, um, until recently, Evolving Wild had John Carlson as actually the highest um, kind of goals above replacement of any player in the National Hockey League so far this year. So uh, really a, a great season for him coming off of that kind of massive contract he signed over the summer. So, so far, so good uh, on that respect. And I and I guess I've also been pretty impressed with um, Jonas Siegenthaler. Um, he was a guy that I kind of derided when the Caps drafted him. Uh, his report, his kind of scouting report, was kind of a, a low upside type player. And here he is, kind of not like quite Nate Schmidt, but he's just a guy who looks really comfortable with the puck. Um, and his skating has got, allows him to kind of be in the right place at the right time more often than not. So um, I, I'm very excited to kind of see how he continues to develop as the season goes on. Yeah, I I have also been super impressed with Siegenthaler. Um, I feel like I'm never worried when he's on the ice, which is something that I look for when I'm watching a game. You know, there are certain players, whenever they get out on the ice, I'm like, oh, what's going to happen? I'm a little unsure. But every time Siegenthaler's on the ice, I just, like, he already knows what he's supposed to do and for a rookie defenseman I think that's great and I think his style of play fits really well um on the on the blue line so it'll be interesting to see what happens once Christian Juice comes back Mm -hmm. because they'll have to make a move somewhere somehow um but I've really liked Siegenthaler so far too yeah um I think you're definitely right. When Juice comes back, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, you know, I don't know when he's going to be back, but uh, you know that that kind of leads to the whole kind of Brooks Orpic conundrum. So we'll see. We'll see kind of what the Capitals <laughs> decide to do with that. Um, I, I we so we talked about the positives. Let's talk a little bit about the unfortunate negatives. Um, 
Obviously, there are guys that need to step up in the second half for the Capitals to kind of really have a chance of making this a back-to-back adventure. Um, who are your kind of first thoughts when we talk about players that need to step up? Um, I I think Backstrom and Eller are on that list for me. I think for you know the impressive center depth that we have on paper, Kuznetsov too. So when you look at the centers that we have. I feel like we should be hearing more from them and getting more production from them. Both Backstrom and Eller have only had five points uh, so far in January. Um, so I think that once we start getting more production up the middle, that might kind of spark things a little more. Yeah, centers are such a driver of both offense and defensive success for a team. Um you know, Eller's not quite been. He's not. He's very rarely, I think, visibly awful or bad. But his, you know, he just hasn't. He's been pretty quiet this year. Um, yeah. I mean, ba- Backstrom's not been producing recently, as you said. Kuznetsov's the guy that I really think about, and I'm just. He just hasn't quite looked the same since since the uh, upper body injury. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think it's going to be kind of interesting to see kind of what comes about with him. Um, I, I'm a little concerned about, about kind of his play in general. Um, Cause we know that he has it in him and he had it both at the start of this year and all in the playoffs. I mean, the guy arguably should have won the con Smythe over Ovechkin. Yeah. So I think it's going to be really, um, really, really important for the capital success to get more out of their centers. Um, and, and obviously Andre Burakovsky either has to get traded or start to produce consistently, uh, granted, yeah. he, he finally has some. He's, he's put up some points in his last few games since they moved him back to the right side. But uh, we'll, we'll see kind of how that levels out for him. Yeah, and I also think that going back to the centers, they have to do better in the face-off circle. It's been almost painful. Like for the month of January, their face-off percentage is at forty-one point two percent. That that's unsustainable and i think that that is also something that needs to be addressed internally yeah i mean i think face off generally speaking face-offs right aren't like the a deal breaker but then i feel like if you're if it's that bad you know if, if it is for if you are at 40 percent, it might make a big difference and i know uh if i remember correctly kuznetsov's really the big problem on face-offs right he he's kind of yeah like he's he's if any of the centers need to do better, it's him. And that's why when I'm kind of, uh, I've seen people kind of say the Capitals need another face-off specialist, another Jay Beagle. And to me, that doesn't really make any sense because you're not going to take Kuznetsov off the ice to put a Jay Beagle out there for a face-off, right? I mean, unless it's in your own, maybe you would in your own defensive zone, like a specialty situation. I know the Capitals did that sometimes last year. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, a face-off isn't going to be a game-changing play, except for when it is, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> you know, all, all those things on aggregate, the more important thing is to have kind of the, the the open play at its best. And I think, you know, we started to see the Capitals' offense come around a little bit over these last couple games. Granted, against Chicago, it was all the defensemen scoring. But, I mean, at, considering how... What, what did the Capitals have? Something like four even-strength goals in four games prior to prior to the Chicago game, something, something in that yeah. vein. Um, so I, I think it's really important that the offense kind of 
it's not going to stay as hot as it's been the last two games. And, you know, they have to, but the, the defense is where they kind of have to, to tighten up and, and try to keep kind of what they've been doing correct offensively without kind of, uh, you know, without giving up the defensive chances that they have. And, and, and I'm sure Braden Holpe will kind of come back around and, and, and be better. Yeah. From, from what we heard last night, he seemed very upset and, you know, I would be too. So hopefully he's on the upswing. Yeah, I thought his quote was interesting. Uh, you know, he he was talking about kind of how when the Capitals have the lead, they can't be trading chances. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's not 100% wrong. <laughs> I mean, he's not. But at the same time, the Capitals weren't taking, like, these huge, egregious risks, I thought. I mean, well, you know, like, people weren't happy, and Ovechkin said he made a mistake by shooting at the empty net. I mean... I, I'm not going to fault a guy for trying to get the puck in the net and end the. I mean, that's the game. If he gets it in, he hits. Instead, it hits a leg, and it, and you know the the game keeps going. But, um, you know, it, it's tough. I mean, when when I heard kind of that that my first reaction was, wow, that that feels bold for Holtby to kind of blame the style of play when he gave up, you know, all those goals on on not not like a ton of shots. So, um. It, the, the whole team needs to get better, and it, you know, you, both the goalie and the defense can can be performing below where they need to perform. Sometimes it seems like uh, people think that's kind of one or the other, but in this case, I, I really think it's both. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think hopefully the defense, I think, has just looked shockingly out of position sometimes, and I'm not sure that seems potentially an easier fix than other problems. So, so hopefully that kind of that ship writes itself. Yeah. Uh, you definitely have to hope that we kind of see, um, I, I don't know if it's a systems tweak or what, but, uh, or maybe as the capitals have said, it really just is a question of effort. I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, Alex, that, that, that kind of covers all the topics I wanted to hit up today. Is there anything else you'd like to kind of talk about? Uh, I don't think so. Awesome. Well, I, I hope that you're, are you going to watch the all-star game without Ovechkin there? Or are you going to kind of mail it in? Uh, I might, I might put it on in the background. I like the skills competition. Yeah. I, I will admit that that is more enjoyable to me than the, the tournament. So I'm on board there, 100%. Well, Alex, thanks a lot for coming on and making your debut today. Um, you know, it's I know it's uh, it's not always easy to kind of jump on a podcast. So thank you for for your time. Well, yeah, well, thanks for having me. Of course. On um, behalf of myself and Al- oh, Alex, I'm sorry. Where can our listeners find you on Twitter? And obviously, you're, you're right for Japer's Rink, but where's the best place for them to kind of see you and your general thoughts on the Caps? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Alex Irvin, E-R-V-I-N, 928. It's my birthday. made that Twitter in high school, so we're just sticking <laughs> with it. <laughs> All right. Now, that, now I was able to double back there, but um, thanks again for coming on. And uh, I hope all of our listeners will, will, will go and, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and, and please give us a review on iTunes. Um, and, and we'll be back again to kind of talk about uh, how the Capitals have, have finished up the first half and, and how they really look here heading into the home stretch, hopefully on another run to the Stanley Cup.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.